0: Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Terrell, History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Tuesday, the 10th day of October, 2023. Of course, the news du jour is Israel. The president made a statement telling a group that has a very long history of being bad players not to do that. I'm quite certain they're laughing at us. Religious points aside... Israel is the most Western, stable, and democratic country in that region. They are surrounded by countries that hate them, us, and even the other Arab countries. Need I point out that Iran and Iraq had a war? Or Iran and Kuwait? Iran has not been stable since 1979 and the fall of the Shah. They currently are aligned with China and Russia. The only thing that keeps China on the rails is much of their economy depends on shipping their goods to America. Russia wants to be a world power, but they can barely support themselves. If you're not familiar with the geography of Israel, they are a sliver of land on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea, a bit smaller than the state of New Jersey, roughly 50 miles wide. The area is nearly indefensible, especially considering the neighborhood. The Gaza Strip, where the bulk of the hostilities originated, has been disputed territory for the past 70 years, Essentially, it's an independent foothold for folks that hate Israel to stage attacks. It might be worth noting that it's also the region of the Philistines in the Old Testament. More on Christopher Columbus again today. In 1492, the crew of the flagship, the Santa Maria, had been at sea for 31 days without seeing land. They were quickly losing faith in the voyage and threatened to toss Columbus overboard and turn back. Columbus eased their fears, but may have agreed to turn back in another two or three days if land was not sighted. We talk of hurricanes today and have reams of data and records to compare to. In 1780, what may have been the strongest hurricane in the Western Hemisphere struck the Lesser Antilles, then Puerto Rico, Hispanola, and maybe Florida and the U.S. East Coast. Wind speeds were reported to be as high as 200 miles per hour, and the death toll above 20,000 people. The forerunner to the Coast Guard is fighting off the Royal Navy during the War of 1812. The Cutter Eagle is the centerpiece of the four-day battle off of Long Island, New York. The Eagle and two other ships are mentioned in the Coast Guard march. 1845, the Naval School opens with 50 students in Annapolis, Maryland. This will be renamed the Naval Academy in later years. Major construction on the Panama Canal is completed and a ceremony held on this day in 1913. Four singer-songwriters have birthdays today. John Prine in 1946. He was a part of the Chicago folk scene. He is most noted for the song Paradise. That has been covered by dozens of artists. Sadly, it sets out to tell a real tale of the western Kentucky coalfields. It's just that the town of Paradise was not the victim of Mr. Peabody's shovels, but the building of a lake. David Lee Roth of Van Halen is 69. Tanya Tucker is 65. Simon Townsend is 63. He's the little brother of Pete Townsend of The Who. The 1964 Olympics open in Tokyo. This will be the first games relayed live by satellite. There was a lot going on in politics in the summer of 1973, The media was hounding President Nixon, and it appeared they might be successful. But that would put Vice President Spiro Agnew into the office. So they turned their sights on the vice president. On this day, he resigns over a charge of tax evasion, paving the way for Gerald Ford to become the vice president and president later the next year. I mentioned yesterday that sometimes the good guys have to play bad. In 1985, Palestinians hijack a cruise ship sailing for Israel from Alexandria, Egypt, killing an American Jewish passenger. Recall this was during the presidency of Ronaldus Magnus, commonly known as President Reagan, and he was not asleep at the wheel. Americans were involved in a terrorist attack, and that was simply not acceptable. There was a lot of negotiation On the international stage, the ship had permission to return to an Egyptian port where the hijackers were given passage off and the passengers released. It should be noted that the PLO was playing both sides as an organizer of the hijacking and as a negotiator with the hijackers. Egypt was trying to get a settlement, but the government of the passengers had to agree to negotiate with the hijackers. The U.S. and Britain would not agree on principle, Italy was happy to, and West Germany was mixed. Egypt took this mixed message and ran with it, allowing the hijackers off the ship. The next day was a mix of back and forth. Egypt was looking to protect the Palestinians and also have plausible deniability and conflicting statements about the killing of American Klingenhofer. It was an international circus. During this time, U.S. intelligence learned the hijackers would be flown out of Egypt on a civilian flight over international waters. It was decided to divert the plane and force its landing at a NATO base in Italy. Initially, the plane captain refused until the American F-14s turned on their lights. They were just feet off his wings. He also lost his ability to communicate as there was an electronic jamming aircraft in the mix. It was a night flight, and the F-14s got close enough to use a basic flashlight to read the tail number. Yeah, we broke a few international rules. But Egyptian and the PLO were accessories to the hijacking. There was a long list of objections by several natures. In the end, the hijackers were tried in Italian courts. Reagan did not issue idle threats. When America was wronged, the bad players felt the pain of their poor decisions. Maybe we should start by taking back that $6 billion we gave Iran and again push them back towards third world country status. They are the roots of this poisonous vine. That's history and comment for the 10th day of October. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.